The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on, Hoopball Clipper Nation? We are back. Yes, we are indeed back after a two-week hiatus where I welcomed a new member to the Hoopball Clipper family and my son, Wyatt, and it has been a hell of a two weeks, and I've been able to watch some Clippers basketball, have not been able to watch any games from start to finish for obvious reasons, but there's a reason why I am buddies with Justin Wilson. It's not just because... He is the best at what he does in his content creation. It's not because he knows everything left and right. It's because he can be that co-host. When someone is a little bit tired, he can be there to pick me up and bring me to the level that I need to be at. Justin Wilson on the show straight away. What's up, my man? What is up? How you doing? Thank you for having me on once again. Um, you just put a lot of pressure on me, so I hope I can live up to those uh, lofty expectations. But uh, congrats on the new addition to the family. And, um, you know, uh, I hear the first couple of months are, are rough, so uh, I'm praying for you, my man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you ask how I'm doing, and the answer is very tired. I uh, We were on a nice little run where I was able to get between five and a half to seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. And then last night, the baby decided to wake up at around 1.30 and not go back to bed. Um, so oh, oh, oh. I was up with the baby from 1.30 in the morning until uh, I believe it was 6, 6.30 um, when I was actually, yeah. And so I, I was up for a while and uh, finally got back to bed for about an hour and a half. And so I'm running on about four and a half hours of sleep. So we are making this work. But I want to talk Clippers basketball, of course. But before we get there, I have to talk about what we have going on at Hoopball. You know I have talked about the Brewski 150. You know talking about the Fantasy Pass. We are at the Fantasy Playoffs. You need to make that money in the postseason. How do you do it with the Fantasy Pass? Still the best deal in the industry, $4.99 per month. Now they're in the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, but it's always nice to have that option. The Fantasy Pass is everything you need to dominate all year, but especially now in the postseason. The Hoopball Discord server, you can hang out with the Hoopball pros around the clock, get one-on-one -on -one help with your team, get those streaming charts, get those pickups and drops. You're going to need that because you want to maximize your games played in your head-to-head -head matchups. And if you're playing Roto, you need to make sure you're able to hit that game's max. So, Please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right, Justin. So since we last talked, the Clippers have lost one game, and that was at Philadelphia, 106 to 103. And in that game, the Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard. And frankly, they have not had Kawhi Leonard now for a while as he has been out with that foot injury. Before we get into what's going on with the Clippers, I don't think we need to be concerned about Kawhi Leonard from uh, reports that I believe Farbod um, Esnashari came out with, and he's been pretty on top of things this year. He seems to relay the message that the Clippers are just being really, caref really careful. They don't want to put him on the floor and have anything happen, and there's no reason to at this point. Um, so uh, my level of concern for Kawhi right now is maybe a two or a three. What about you? Um, it would be a two or a three, and it may be even a little lower than that. 
just for the simple fact that um you know typically speaking in the nba if the injury is really really bad then uh they probably won't travel with the team and so i thought it was um i thought it was pretty encouraging that Kawhi leonard um traveled with the team on that recent uh road trip um and then he i think he played against the um houston rockets if i'm not mistaken um, not th- not the last game that we played in Houston, but the game. Um, well, was it Houston or Detroit? One of them. He, they he have actually- all come together at this point because it seems like they're right. playing every damn day. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying I'll to remember check. off the top of I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Regardless, um, my my concern is not high, and um, I'm pretty confident in saying that if the, if we were in the playoffs right now he'd play it's just a matter of the clippers being extremely conservative with Kawhi, and for good reason you know what i mean there's no reason to um to rush him back and uh the clippers <laughs> the clippers keep winning without him anyway yeah. you know what i mean so uh, uh I, I don't i don't foresee um oh that's the game i just looked i just found it so um the clippers the clippers played a um they were they were on a three-game road trip in indiana in detroit in philly and they came back that sunday to play minnesota and Kawhi leonard played Mm -hmm. so i don't think the way the clippers are handling it suggests that they even believe it's anything serious they allowed him to travel on the three-game road trip they allowed him to play after so they obviously don't see anything that's too concerning. So if they're not concerned, I don't think we should be overly concerned. But, you know, the Clippers are winning anyway. So um, I, I wouldn't be concerned with that at all. Let's get straight into where the Clippers are right now in the standings because we'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth. I want to talk a little bit about the Memphis game and the injuries and how the Clippers have been coping pretty well without them, um, without PG at times, without Kawhi at times. You look at the standings right now. And Utah leads the way at 44 and 16. The Suns are 42 and 17, one and a half behind. The Clippers are a half a game back of Phoenix, two games back of Utah. You look at the standings and it seems like the Clippers are now locked into either that two or three. The one, there's a chance just with the way Utah, obviously they lost to Minnesota yesterday. So perhaps opening the door a little bit. But you look at Utah's schedule, and, I mean, there's not a lot there. I mean, they play Minnesota, Sacramento. That Phoenix game's obviously really big. Toronto, San Antonio, San Antonio, Denver, Houston, Golden State, Portland, OKC, Sacramento. There's a couple of losses there, um, just a matter of how many. And it would take a near Herculean effort for the Clippers, I think, to secure that one seed. But let's talk about the two seed. Because this is something that, coming into the season, we thought the Clippers had a chance to get either that one or that two didn't quite expect to be fighting Utah and Phoenix for the one and two seed, but Phoenix a half a game in front of the Clippers. I mentioned that the Suns already do play the jazz coming up. They also play Brooklyn today. So we're, we're recording this about two hours before the Brooklyn game. Then they go to New York who has all of a sudden become the Julius Randall, just Renaissance team. (laughs) Then of course the Clippers game, which is massive on mm-hmm. Wednesday, then Utah. So there's there's some room there for the Clippers to pass Phoenix. You went on a little um, Twitter thread yesterday about the importance of the two seed. Tell me why you think there's a difference. Because for people who look at the standings, they'll see, okay, the Clippers play either the two or the three. What's the difference? Because they'll play against Phoenix. And then 
Utah, and then we'll play against probably the Lakers, you'll assume, in the next round. Uh, just depends how things shake out. So what's the difference? Because you beat the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers win, the Lakers may beat the Jazz. So what's the difference? Tell me. Well, for starters, um, I'm we're not actually I'm not actually sure if the Lakers are going to hold on to that five seed. Yeah, and if the Lakers fall to six, then the Clippers, um, at in that two three may be playing you know the the Lakers in the second round. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I just look at the um the history of the NBA and really the history of the Clippers. Um, I kind of mentioned it on Twitter that it's well known that the Clippers have never made it past the second round. Right. Mm -hmm. But in 2006, when we played Phoenix in the second round, um, where was game seven? It was in Phoenix, right? Right. Exactly. And when we lost in 2014 to Oklahoma city, had we played, where was game five? It was in Oklahoma city. Mm -hmm. And if we'd made it to game seven, where would that have been in Oklahoma city? Um, in the very next year, when we lost to Houston after being up three one, um, where was um, game? Where was game five? It was in Houston, and where was game seven in Houston? Um, last year, when we blew the three one lead, we had the second seed, but it's just our luck that we didn't have home court. We were in Disneyland, so. Um, I think like when the Lakers in 2006 against Phoenix, when they blew their 3-1 lead, who had home court? Um, they didn't. So I think if you just peel through the history of the NBA and peel through the Clippers history, you can see that, um, you know, it's pretty important, right? Like in the second round when Kawhi's Raptors barely got past the um, Philadelphia 76ers, who had home court in the second round? It was the Toronto Raptors. And so, and so, for me, it's just the Clippers can beat the Phoenix Suns or the Lakers or whoever it is in the second round without home court. But, you know, once you get past the first round, everyone's good. And the margins are just so small that a little thing like home court can make all the difference. And literally in our past, we've never had home court in the second round. So for once, I would love to be able to have game five at home. I would love to be able to have game seven at home. I'd love to be able to potentially go up 2-0 because we're playing the first two games at home, right? That uh, that option, even even as slim as that option may be, it's it's virtually impossible to do if you're not having home court those first two games. So I just think it's a real advantage. It's a potential advantage. And one thing that um that uh, I haven't I haven't mentioned, but um it's true, the Clippers have the best record out of all of the Eastern Conference teams. So just getting the two seed would probably mean you have the better record than anybody out east, which means that if we're fortunate enough to get into the NBA finals, um, we'll have home court there too. So the two seed is a worthy pursuit for a ton of reasons. And this Brooklyn Nets Phoenix Suns game is huge. And considering the fact that the Clippers already have the tiebreaker against Phoenix, they beat them twice already and they only play them one more time. So if they already have the tiebreaker, um, and being a half game back, the two seed is very much in play. It's a worthy pursuit. And if they grab that, it could be the difference between um, losing in the second round and maybe even winning the NBA finals. 
it's not to say that the Clippers need the two seed to do it, but it ups their chances tremendously. Um, there's a reason why the three seed very rarely makes it through the Western Conference. It's a reason why the NBA champs are normally coming from the one seed or the two seed. It's because, one, they're really good, but also when the teams are that close together, the, the difference in who's better isn't that great, but home court advantage oftentimes can give teams an edge. And it's really I'm glad you brought this up because home court does seem to be something that has eluded the Clippers. And when you blow a 3-1 lead and you lose that next game or two, all of a sudden, it's much harder to win a game seven when you're on the road having lost a game or two and momentum is on the other side. But It's not just harder. It's impossible almost. Right, right. And, And you have game seven at home. It's a different story. You have the fans behind you. There will be fans in the arena. I mean, you look at t- uh, the record this year, and there's obviously no fans. But the Clippers are 24-8 and eight at home, 19-11 and 11 on the road. So they've played 32 games at home, and they've played 30 games on the road. They have five more wins at home, three more losses on the road. You look at Utah, um, a team that the Clippers might end up playing down the line. 26 and 4 at home, 18 and 12 on the road. Most likely Utah's going to keep that one seat, but it just tells you the importance of these teams and how important it is to be at home and it's not just for the Clippers. It really is for a lot of these yeah. teams. And if you're able to get home court, it, it just there's something mentally where if you have home court, you mentioned the 2-0 series lead and it's funny because I was thinking to myself right before you said that, well, what if they lose one of the first two games? Well, all you got to do is win one of the next two, and all of a sudden, home court's right back with you. Whereas right. the other way around, if you fall behind and you lose a game or two at home and you also lose a game on the road, you're in trouble. And yeah. it's it's definitely a worthy pursuit. And what's interesting, and I'll bring this back to the Kawhi thing, and you talk about how important the two seed is. Now you wonder, well, how long do you sit Kawhi? Because... What's more important? And obviously, it's Kawhi's health is more important than the two seed. But the question is, is there a way to manage that where you can bring back Kawhi? Because that Phoenix game is going to be freaking massive on Wednesday. You would think that maybe they would sit Kawhi for one more against New Orleans and then bring him back in that game against Phoenix on Wednesday. What are your thoughts? Um, I hope Kawhi Leonard can play. Um, by Wednesday, um, I, I I don't exactly recall what the Clippers said as far as when exactly will he be reevaluated again. It may be next Friday, so that would be like past the Phoenix game. But yeah, as soon as he can play, you definitely want to get him in the last like ten somewhere within the last ten games to ramp him up a bit for the playoffs. Um, you don't want him to go into the playoffs straight cold. Um, I do think that matters. And to a lesser extent, I would love to see Serge Ibaka get on the floor at some point. The playoffs are fastly approaching. And although Serge will probably be coming off the bench from now because of Zoo's play and because of how long he's been out, it's still important that two big guys into in our rotation like Kawhi and Serge get at least some on-court time before the playoffs. But I mean, it's a, it's a delicate act that, um, 
Ty Lue and the team has to balance. And obviously health is a premium. It doesn't like as great as home court is. Um, it doesn't mean anything if Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka aren't feeling as close to 100 percent as they possibly can. So, um, you know, it's a delicate balance. Um, I, I hope Kawhi Leonard can miraculously play on Wednesday. Um, I think. If, like I said, I'm not I'm not sure I don't have it in front of me, but um, the Clippers said he needed to be reevaluated within a week. And um, that Phoenix game falls in the middle of that. So um, I'm not sure if he'll be available, but maybe after that um, we will see Kawhi soon because, you know, you don't want him to jump right into a playoff series. Give him at least a runway. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but even without Kawhi Leonard, um, the Clippers can hopefully by Phoenix get a little bit more healthy, right? Like Rajon Rondo has been dealing with a wrist issue. Um, you know, maybe we can find some time to um, get like at least if, if not Kawhi, everyone else onto the floor in, in the remaining games, because, you know, that's crucial getting on the floor. Like we cannot get guys on the floor. And although we're winning, um, the playoffs are like right around the corner. So. Let me bring one one number up that I think is really, really important, and that's the number one. You know what that number stands for? No, I do not. That's the number of back-to-backs the Clippers have left. Yeah, baby. So that is enormous in terms of the amount of time that this team will be able to rest between ball games. The Clippers' schedule was brutal, absolutely brutal for a long stretch Um, Before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break. But you look now, and I'll do this quickly. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. There are teams, including Dallas and Toronto, that have five games this coming week. The Clippers have three. The Clippers have three the following week. And they close out with four. Okay? Their back-to-back is at Charlotte and at Houston. That Houston game is one where we just saw the Clippers could easily rest a couple of guys and be okay. Sure. I mean, they beat them 126-109 on April 9th. They beat them 109-104 on April 23rd. That game, obviously, on April 9th, the Clippers had that a massive second quarter. And the game on Friday, most recently, the Clippers won that one. They needed a, a big effort from everybody to, be, to beat Houston. But nonetheless, that's one you could probably rest, guys. So... That number one is huge because there are some teams that have four or five back-to-backs left. The Clippers have one. So rest will be important. You mentioned Kawhi. You mentioned Ibaka. You mentioned Rondo. Getting these guys together, I think, is going to be really important. You want to have a little bit of chemistry going into the playoffs. That's one concern that a Lakers fan was talking to me on Twitter about yesterday was the concern that getting AD and LeBron back and having enough time to incorporate them with Drummond and the other pieces with this Lakers team. I mean, we saw Montrez Harrell get a DNP CD for goodness sake last night. So there's going to be some room for the Clippers to rest and hopefully get these guys together and play because you've got time. And it's interesting because the Clippers only have 10 games left, Justin, and they are playing against some pretty easy teams. Um, and I say that with a grain of salt, and it's fascinating. The Clippers have now won 11 of their last 12 um, since that debacle of the Orlando-Denver uh, back-to-back. Well, it wasn't actually a back-to-back in terms of in nights, but in games. Everybody freaking out, including myself. You stayed calm. Um, the only loss is to Philadelphia. So the Clippers have to be happy right now with the amount of time that they have left to rest and get these guys together. My question to you, 
when you look at the schedule and the 10 games left, what do you think is realistic for this team? Um, eight and two. Yeah. Nine and one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hesitate because, you know, you want to always approach like outlooks like that with, um, with some caution, but this team is really good, man. They, they are 19 and five since the all-star break and they haven't had an ounce of good health or perfect health or even close to it. That between rest and injury, the fact that they've been the best team in the NBA since the all-star break really speaks volumes. And it also speaks to how solid of a title contender this team um, really is. Um, I know it's, I know it's kind of, in vogue to um, be pessimistic by by the um, by the Clipper standards. Even Clipper fans are pessimistic by nature, and it's understandable. But um, yeah, I think this team can like almost run the table with these last ten games. Um, they won't, but they they very well could because the team is just that good. Um, Ty Lue is doing a fantastic job. Um, and you can see it because despite injury, they play the same way. The principles are the exact same. Um, touching the paint, spraying out to three. Um, they have the best offense in NBA history. That mark is even better since the All-Star break. They've crept up to the top 10 in defense. That mark is even better since the All-Star break. Um, they just are a really, really, really good team. And they are, without a doubt, the best team in the NBA right now. Um, the question is, will they be when the playoffs come and only time will tell. But if you're a Clipper fan, you just have to feel really, really good about um, where this Clipper team is right now. Um, they're an offensive dynamo. Their defensive talent is finally living up to its potential. Um, they have the best half court offense of all time. Um, they are playing really good half court defense. Um, there's just not a, Paul George is like playing like a madman. I can't believe it took us this long to mention him. Um, but he's playing like a madman. And uh, Kawhi Leonard, when he's on the floor, um, has been fantastic. The Clippers are going to have two All NBA players on their team this year. So um, they check so many boxes that um, really I'm just hoping that we stay healthy the last ten games um, because I think they found something and they are on the cusp of something special. And I can't wait to see how this all unfolds once the playoffs come. Yeah, I don't remember a time where the Clippers have looked this good um, heading into the playoffs. And you hope that continues. And if you feel confident in the Clippers, you want to place a bet on them, I know where you can do that. MyBookie.ag. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. If you want to bet on a match in soccer, if you want to bet on a game in basketball, if you want to bet on the NFL draft, they've got props there. They've got blackjack. They've got anything you want. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. You know me. I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. And get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. And if you need a little bit of help, hit up the guys of the Hoopball Gaming account. Devin heads up that department, does a tremendous job. They give out some really good tips and they just help you. And they have done a really nice job. Devin was great in college basketball. They've got some guys that have been red hot recently in baseball. So go ahead, get a little bit of help if you need. But head over to my bookie, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Enter that promo code Hoopball. All right, so I want to bring something up that uh, Shane Young tweeted yesterday. 
And we knew that we talked about the Clippers obviously being the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break. So 538 has their uh, predictions. And their model has the Clippers at a 45% chance of making the finals and a 31% chance of winning the finals. That blew my mind. That's crazy to you, right? Not really. Really? Okay, tell me why. Well, I, I follow 538 all year. And um, they've liked the Clippers um, all year. So it's it's kind of one of those things where um, where if you pay attention to like their offense, they have this thing called um, Raptor rating where they evaluate um, who's been the best players in the league um, this year by their own like individual advanced metrics. And if you look at overall Raptor um Kawhi Leonard and Paul George uh, 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 occupy two of the top six players in the NBA. So they basically think that um, the Clippers have two of the six best players in the league this year, right? There's no other team within the top six that has two guys with the exception of maybe I'm looking at it now. Utah has Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert there too as well. So the fact, my point is, is that the Clippers have been really, really good and if you just pay attention to just some deep metrics like them being like the greatest offense of all time, if you look at offensive efficiency while still having a top 10 defense, while having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both flirting with like 50, 40, 90 years, they just statistically look really, really good. And their championship resume is so sound that it makes sense that they are leaning that heavily because it's data driven. Right. And, the Clippers data checks out if the Clippers name was like the Lakers right now, or if their name was like Brooklyn, um, you wouldn't blink twice at that. But the fact of the matter is the Clippers come with some automatic pessimism and some automatic like dismissal. But if you, if, if you're honest with yourself, they are the favorites, right? They're the only team that has um, two guys as good as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard performing this well. You know, one of the things that um, I mentioned, and it kind of caught um, when it kind of caught fire a little bit within NBA Twitter was um, Phil Jackson's forty before twenty rule, which is forty wins before twenty losses. And the Clippers, this is the second straight year that they've reached that mark. And this year, only the Clippers, Suns, and um, Utah. The Clippers, Suns, and the Jazz were the only three teams to meet to hit that mark. So that kind of speaks to how great the Clippers have been this year and how real their title chances are. So no, it doesn't surprise me because they literally check every single box that you would look for out of a title contender. Elite offense, yes. Elite defense, yes. Um, all NBA talent, yes. They have two guys that are going to make the All NBA teams this year. They are the best shooting team of all time, right? They're the only team in NBA history since the um since the line has gotten to 23-9 to hit over 40% of their threes. Um they just are rock solid as a title contender and any way you slice it, they 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 look like a favorite. So um no, that doesn't surprise me for a variety of reasons. You know what's interesting about this Clippers team? They have failed miserably in the playoffs so many times when the pundits have selected them to go far, and there have been high expectations on this Clippers team. This is going to say is going to sound strange to say, but 
it kind of seems like the Clippers are underrated this year. And oh, it, it, they, they're beyond underrated. Yeah, it, it's, it's odd to say that about a team that doesn't deserve accolades yet because they haven't been to the Western Conference Finals. But this team, if there's going to be one that doesn't have the resume to get the label, the Clippers are certainly underrated. You just mentioned so many different numbers about the Clippers' half-court offense, the Clippers' three-point shooting, the Clippers' offense, the Clippers' defense, that I don't think people understand. I mean, there was a video circulating um, earlier this week about the Clippers and Daniel Oturo and how he's become a member of the rotation. It's like, you're not watching. Uh, you're clearly not watching. Uh, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, I mean, I mean and yeah, KOC seems... normally does a decent job for the ringer. But, yeah. bro, you're not watching basketball. If you if you're you clearly checked out on the Clippers for a long time because listen you listen to Bill Simmons and, and I do as well Simmons has been off the Clippers train for a long time and really doesn't give them a shot and all of a sudden now these guys are going to start to realize that this team is damn good and this team can hit a bunch of threes and this team is going to light you up I don't think people realize I guarantee you actually that if you ask people outside of Clippers Twitter how Marcus Morris is doing this year from three, they wouldn't realize that right now he's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. I, I don't think people would people would understand that. You ask people who were going after Luke Kennard and saying about his contract, and I said him, I said he was not living up to it, and frankly, he has not lived up to it, but that being said, it doesn't start till next year. So willing to give him some time, the guy was away from basketball for a really long time. He's a damn good three-point shooter. Kennard, if you ask people what Kennard's three-point percentage this year is, they would not think it was as high as it was. So this team is really underrated. And to couple that, Justin Russo, who always puts out some really good stats on Twitter, at FlybyNight, he tweeted about 18 minutes ago, Clippers have had 10 minutes and 46, 10 minutes and 46 seconds of health since the All-Star break and are 19-5 in that time. He said 19 minutes and 46 minutes. I'm not sure if that's combined in two different games. Either way. It's 19-5 and five is the record, and the Clippers, frankly, have not been healthy. They have not had Rondo, PG, Kawhi, Ibaka, all those guys together on the floor. And it is a testament to, like you said, Ty Lue and what he's done with this team. But the fact they keep winning games, Justin, despite being injured, has to give you optimism going forward. Um, Hell yeah. And I think, I think that kind of speaks volumes to how good the Clippers really are. Are like if you just take a deep dive into the Clippers, you'll clearly see that they are like a contender, right? Like that, that there's no doubt about the Clippers' um, medal as far as like being a true title contender. But it really gets like serious when you realize that their statistical outlook is this great, despite the fact that nobody's playing. I mean, every game they are getting either Kawhi Leonard out or Paul George out or Rajon Rondo out. Serge Ibaka has missed, like, it feels like the entire season. Like, Patrick Beverly, this season has been a lost season for him, and he's their starting point guard. So, yeah, you have to feel optimistic about them. And, you know, I think they kind of got a raw deal last year, um, given the fact that if you, I don't know if you recall, but they had won nine of their last ten games um, going into the shutdown, and then the the season stopped for four yep. and a half months yep. and now they're playing in disney world um in in a covid bubble so i mean granted the clippers definitely um wet the bed and they definitely blew a uh a, a historic lead 
in a series against the Denver Nuggets. But also remember that like that's a once in a lifetime scenario that occurred. And that was only Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's first year together with the Clippers. And, you know, you may not do it all in round one. I mean, in the first go around, I should say, you may not do it all within the first go around, but you definitely you definitely have to account for context. Right, right. And the context was it was a COVID bubble. There won't be any COVID bubble this go around. Um, this is the second go around for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And their chemistry looks even better this year. The Clippers are, I'm not joking when I say this, but they are literally breaking basketball when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the floor together. They are like a plus 17 per 100 possessions better when those two are on the floor, which is like, that's better than Anthony Davis and LeBron. That's better than Jokic and Murray. That's better than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I bet you most people don't even realize that. And when I say that I'm very high on this iteration of the Clippers, it's because even the pessimists within me can't find real reasons to doubt them. Um, that being said, the playoffs are tricky. Anything can happen. Um, we still have 10 games to go before the playoffs even start. But up until this point, they look so good. And everything suggests that they are on the heels of a real title run. And it's just a shame that nobody else outside of Clipper Nation can see it. But they will soon enough. Yeah, that that's the hope, man. And you hope that the Clippers just come onto the scene and destroy. And, and you tweeted yesterday that the Clippers have the best ORTG offensive rating of all time at 117.3. Their offensive rating is 122.2 with Kawhi on the floor this year. And it's 123.4 with Kawhi and PG on the floor this year. For people that don't understand what that number means of 123.4, why is that so impressive? Um, in layman's terms, uh, it's just a mark of like, if, if I give you a hundred possessions, how many points you'd score? Um, it's, it's, a it's basically your offensive efficiency and the Clippers this season have the best offense by offensive efficiency of all time with 117.2 or something like that. And they improve on that mark whenever Kawhi Leonard is on the floor. And the best way I can contextualize it is if you compare it to teams with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving, all of these guys on these like title contenders, none of them have that. None of them have that offensive rate um offensive mark and that kind of speaks volumes to just how much of an offensive juggernaut this team is and really that's why i think uh, like a couple of podcasts ago right before the trade deadline even i was talking to you about defense and once their defense kind of started catching up a little bit to their offense i was i was like okay this is this team is for real because you already are not going to be able to keep up with the Clippers as far as like scoring. Um, and, but if they can defend as well at a high level, you're, 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 this is the stuff of champions, right? Champions are teams that check out on both ends of the floor and the Clippers are proving that. And so I just look at like, honestly, what the Clippers weaknesses are and whether or not that actually has real merit. And I just don't see it. I don't see it, and I was a guy that before the season, I did not pick the Clippers to come out of the Western Conference, but 
through what 60 61 games so far um they've kind of shown me through um through the depth of the roster through their top end talent that they deserve to be a real title contender and i i just want the playoffs to start already man because they are on some serious mojo man um they keep winning games no matter who's playing they're getting unsung performances from terrence mann one game amir coffee one game uh luke Kennard one game um, they they're they're just playing really really good basketball on both ends of the floor. They're playing the better than any other team in the league right now, other than probably New York, the Knicks. So um, yeah, that offensive rating is just a mark of how great they are on the offensive end of the floor. And really, um, I could dive into it. I, I don't want to spend all day on it, but they're just a team that despite not getting shots at the rim, they touch the paint a lot, collapse the defense, and then they kick out to their shooters and they get a ton of open threes. And that is the source of why their offense is so good. What's an average number for offensive rating and what's a high level number for offensive rating? So that kind of changes depending on the, um, depending on the season, right? So I think this year an average number would be like 113. Okay. 113 would be uh, uh, maybe like or maybe like 112, 111. That would be kind of like average this year. Um, once you stay, once you start getting into like the 115, that's like high. Um, and 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 to be fair, the offensive numbers this year have been like explosive, right? Like there's like five teams or four, four to five teams that have the best offensive mark of all time um, this year. So like offense has really, really exploded. Um, that may be due to like no fans and because of COVID restrictions, lack of practice time defensively, but regardless, offensive offense has exploded this year. And with so many teams having great statistical offensive seasons, that speaks volumes to the Clippers being better than all of them at offense. And this is also the second straight year that the Clippers have, are going to finish within the top two on offense. They were second on offense this year. I mean, last year, and they are first in offense this year. So um, one one thirteen would would be really good. One fifteen, but like one seventeen is honestly it's it's really hard to contextualize because it's literally never been done before. And the Clippers are doing things offensively that has never been done before. Um, there's never been a half court offense statistically as good as the Clippers that are performing in a half court this year. There's never been a team that has shot the ball as well as the Clippers have shot the ball this year. And that includes Steph Curry's Golden State Warriors and the run that they went on with Kevin Durant. They never shot this well from three from an efficiency standpoint. Um, so, again, everything from the offensive profile of the Clippers suggests that this is a team that's going to be hell to try and guard in the playoffs if you're the opposing team. Yeah, as long as they get to the paint, like you say, and collapse the defense and get those mm -hmm. open looks. And there's going to be a time where the Clippers are not going to have their shot falling, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get to the hoop. And when you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard, and when you have someone like PG that is going to need to start to get foul calls his way, um, he has not gotten them this year. He's going to need to start getting them um, Zoo's going to have to be solid in the paint. We'll see what Ibaka brings to the team when he's back. Uh, I, I like what I've seen from Rondo and his ability to attack the hoop when he's given those lanes. So the Clippers have those guys that can get a bucket um, when need be. So there definitely is a chance there. And by the way, with the uh, Dallas Mavericks last year, they had, I believe, the highest offensive rating of all time. Yep. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it, that does seem to change um, each 
and every year. Before we get to our final topic, folks, NFL draft season's upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. You heard me, Justin. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure wow. you don't gamble on shaving <laughs> your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. For all my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off with a promo code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. All right, Justin. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure. But I'm sure with the Lawnmower 3.0, you can get your private area back. That's why they have the ceramic blade skin safe technology. Skin safe technology. Your nicks and net snags will be reduced. It's the perfect perfection needed for your franchise quarter balls. You heard that, Justin. Quarter balls, right? You like this read? Is this not the, one of the most ridiculous and funniest reads you've heard? But it definitely is catchy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of speechless to uh, what I, what I, what I just heard. You know, uh, maybe I have to um, look into that to keep the boys clean. There you go. And, and also, they got the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer for uh, you know your nose hairs that stick out. Why not use the best tools for the job here? Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Hoopball twenty at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use our code Hoop. Ball 20. It's time you turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. All right, now that that's in the books, um, I want to talk about what's been going on recently. And this will be the final thing we touch on. And we talked about in the beginning of the show with Kawhi Leonard being out. I don't think people understand what the Clippers have done of late with guys hurt. And we've mentioned it. Pat Beverly, out. Ibaka, out. Rondo has been out for some games. Kawhi has been out. PG sat out for a game. Reggie Jackson, I believe, sat out for that game against Memphis. The Clippers are resting guys and taking care of these guys' bodies going into the postseason. This season has been unlike any other. We have seen injuries. Um, guys like Jamal Murray, for example, um, that have been hurt recently. There have been a lot of injuries this season. You look at AD and, and even look at uh, LeBron. And you look at Kawhi sitting right now. Um, you look at PG and his foot. There have been a lot of injuries. What the Clippers have done recently, Justin, um, there have been a lot of good wins this year. I'm not sure there's been a better win than what the Clippers did um, against Memphis with everybody sitting. I mean, there have been some really, really good wins this year. I mean, the Clippers... Uh, at Brian Seaman tweeted the other day. I want to find his tweet because what he tweeted was just remarkable to look at in terms of what the Clippers have done this season and how impressive they have been. I mean, he said, real, real problem. I can't decide my favorite win of the year. The two Miami wins with no Kawhi, PG, and Pat. The comeback in Atlanta down 22 in the third. The Spurs game with no Kawhi, PG, Pat, Marcus Morris, and Lou traded. Detroit without all five starters or last night versus Memphis. What a season. What has been your favorite win? Because that win against Memphis, and I know Memphis doesn't have those heavy hitters, but they still had John Morant, and they still had Brandon Clark. They still had Jaron Jackson Jr., albeit 18 minutes for him. They didn't have Valanciunas, but... Still, to win that game when your starting lineup was Kennard, Coffey, Mann, Zubots, and Morris, that's impressive. Oh, I mean, that is that is a very real problem, trying to uh, figure out what win is um, the most impressive. I, I think my favorite would be the Detroit one, um, with no Kawhi, no PG, on the road, 
Um, I think we were down by like seven with like a minute left. And um, it ends with like a Reggie Jackson game winner who's been he's been working miracles this year. Um, that would probably be my favorite win. And, you know, I it's hard to I've, I've used the word contextualize quite a bit on this pod today, but mm-hmm. it's hard to contextualize just how important these wins have been, because with every win, it buys another game of potential rest. Right. You don't want to fall too far down in the standings when you're when you're resting, guys. But the Clippers are essentially punting some of these games and like the Memphis game. Most importantly, they were punting that game like they literally um, they literally said, you know what? It's not worth it. We're gonna get these guys some rest. Um, we're gonna see if we can get um, we can get some reps for these guys, and we'll just take the L and move forward. And Luke Kennard didn't didn't agree with that, right? He ended up with like twenty eight, and they ended up winning the game. And so those games are the reason why we may be in the two seed at the end of um, play today, right? And so if we get the two seed, you're gonna look at the games that we honestly should not have won. But, you know, when you have a when you're in the middle of a special season and I do think this is a special season for the Clippers, things like that happen. Um, and this this I you can't really describe it because you can't you can't really put into words just how important those wins are in in the schedule. Right. We're two and a half back of the one seed and we've played like six games this year without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Um, so that, that that just speaks volumes to Tyloo's system. It speaks volumes to the underrated depth that this team has. And you need depth to get through the season. And the Clippers have found their way to get through the season, relatively speaking, safe and healthy. Right. We haven't had any real issues with um, COVID protocols with our players, um, except for Kawhi Leonard and Paul for like a couple of games. So um, blessings on that. And yeah, just being able to win games creates a really diverse portfolio. We've been able to win a game, win games with bad shooting. We've won games with great shooting. We've won games with Kawhi and PG. We've won games with just PG. We've won games with with just Kawhi Leonard. So um, they've been able to win in a multitude of ways, and that bodes well for the playoffs, right? Because in the playoffs, you're going to see a variety of different circumstances that are going to call for um, certain responses. And it's great to know that we have certain games and we have certain circumstances that have come up during the regular season that we can lean on when that moment of truth happens in like game four of the second round. Yeah, and we'll touch on the rotations as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, We'll chat again most likely um, after that Knicks game on Sunday, May 9th, because we like to do this every couple of weeks. Um, Gives you a chance to kind of digest what's going on in Clipperland, and so you'll yep, have yep. you'll have uh, six games under your belt new orleans phoenix denver toronto lakers and new york um so we'll probably try and chat then to break down what, what we're seeing right now and hopefully we have some guys that are back and healthy and the rotations will certainly be interesting but you just look at the last three games and the leading assist players for the clippers jackson man rondo you look at the rebounding george cousins george George Kennard, George for scoring. There are different guys that are stepping up. And for the Clippers to continue to win these games, and you win a lot of games, you expect to win games when you're a great team. The Clippers have gotten to that level. And it's awesome to see the Clippers playing this well. I mean, you go all the way back to March 20th. The Clippers have lost three games. And that was the Orlando-Denver two games. 
and the game against Philadelphia. Unbelievable what this team has done. And for everybody to chip in the way they have, for Reggie Jackson to be the player that he has been this year, he has been, you can put, probably one of the top two most important Clippers this season. Um, And it's amazing to see what has happened um, from the end of last season where he was stupidly put on the floor against Luka um, and embarrassed and he was set up to fail by Doc Rivers. You look at Zoo getting into the starting lineup and I think it's safe to say that he will stay in the starting lineup when Ibaka does come back. And you look at what Marcus Morris has done this season. And of course you have PG, Kawhi, Kennard, man, we can go down the list. I have never been more optimistic about this team. And I mentioned earlier that they're underrated. I hope that this continues and that they continue to play this well and silence all the haters because this team deserves it. They do deserve it. And you mentioned earlier that it takes a little bit of a little bit of time for stars to come together. LeBron never wins usually in his first year with a team. It takes a little bit. And look at year two. The Clippers are certainly on the right path. And I mentioned earlier that they're like 43% um, by 538 to uh, make the finals or 45%. It's deserved. And uh, I'm happy with where the Clippers are, Justin. I'm really happy. Yeah. And like, you know, predictive models, um, I know, I, I know they are just that, right? They're, they're not, they're, they're predicting based on what has happened, what has happened and what will happen. But, you know, there's a reason why the Clippers are being predicted to win the title this year, right? I would rat if you were not being predicted to win the title this year, um, that wouldn't be good either. So I would rather play from this position than the, than the opposite, but yeah, they, they've, they've, they've played really well after, since the all-star break. Um, and I, I just, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic of what's to come because the Clippers have really, I feel like turned the corner on offense and, but really on defense as well. And, um, as they get their guys more healthy, um, for the stretch run, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, I think this is a special group. Justin, we somehow were able to get about 50 minutes in on this podcast and I have my headphones in, so I didn't hear the baby crying, but I think we got Wyatt to be pretty quiet through this podcast. So certainly two thumbs up there and uh, very, very, very gracious um, of you to take the time. And of course, very grateful for Wyatt to uh, stay quiet. So <laughs> Justin, uh, a big thank you to you, my man. I-, I said in the beginning of the podcast that you're going to have to uh, try and lift me up. And you did exactly that. We were able to create 50 minutes of goodness. Uh, I can. I'm. I love talking Clippers basketball, and I love your platform. So I'm. I'm really happy whenever I have the opportunity to talk Clippers basketball with you. And um, I'm gonna hold you to making sure that Wyatt is a Clippers fan. So oh, um, if of course. if he's not, I'm blaming it on you. Of course. And listen, my nephew has grown into being the biggest Joel Embiid fan in the world. He is seven years ah. old. He's got an Embiid jersey and his brother's four years old and he bought a Ben Simmons jersey. And so he's a big Philly guy, but he also is a Clippers guy. But if the Clippers are beating the Phil- the 76ers, he'll go and become a, se- a Clippers fan. A little bit of a front runner, uh, my nephew. But it's I'll take his Clippers side, at least until the NBA Finals. Then we'll see what happens if they play against Philadelphia. But he will absolutely, I can promise you that my son will be a Clippers fan. And Justin, you can follow him on Twitter at LA Clippers Film. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. 
the Hoopball Clippers podcast at Hoopball Clips. A big thank you to Justin for joining us. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. He's Justin. Go Clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.